Tony, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this because I've just met you today. Yes, yes, thank you so much for inviting me out. Wow, man, that's interesting. When I saw your artwork, that was really interesting, which I'm going to put up, of course, so people see that because that's what you do for a living. Is that your main job? Uh, my main job, I'm a um, junior high school teacher and a university professor. Now, I didn't know all that. Wait, wait, see, no, wait. I need to let all of you know that there's two people in here. I have Daryl, who's over here on the side. You know, he doesn't want to do it right now because he's actually an undercover <laughs> agent and he's, you know, committed to being quiet and not letting anybody know who he is. I just met Tony today. His name is Tony Anthony, by the way. And I've never heard anyone named Tony Anthony. His middle name is Anthony, first name is Tony. Yes. And you said you're a junior. Yes. And you named your son the same thing, so he's the third. Yes, we use it as um, one of those uh, fables, like Greek fables, uh, where you have to guess um, what's um, my first name, if it's a, a nickname for my middle name. So we do it like that. Yeah. Which university did you go to? Was I went to um, two universities, Florida A&M University and Florida State University. Where were you born? I was actually born in Tallahassee, and actually, speaking of Florida A&M, I was actually born on campus um, at the, you know, uh, at, back in the 70s. I was the last one of the um, babies born on Florida A&M campus during the Jim Crow era. They closed um, their hospital in 1971. That was one of the last kids born on campus of the university. Now, how did that go? Um, at the the, camp, at the university hospital or something? Yes, they had a university okay. hospital, but like okay. if you go to Florida A&M now at their registration office, the cornerstone says Florida A&M Hospital. At one time it was a hospital. In 1971, they decided to make it a part of the university. And it was, you know, most people think that segregation ended in the 50s, but in Florida it ended in the 70s. And and it is ended now? It is? No, not. <laughs> but, I'm, yes, so. Um, no, I should yeah, Right. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. But um, for, for purposes of um, delivering babies, um, in 1971, um, they integrated the hospital in Tallahassee, and I was one of the last children born in a segregated hospital in Florida. Wow. And, yeah, and so, I was, yeah, so I was born on the campus of Florida a and when year were you born? 1971. 1971. Yeah. So in 71, yeah, I was just getting into the service. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. And you're one of how many siblings? Four. Um, I have, well, six. I have um, three brothers and two stepbrothers. Okay. And you're the oldest. oldest. Mm -hmm. So what are your other brothers doing? I mean, um, I have, you can tell me about. I have one that um, is a um, E.T., uh, one that works in logistics okay. in Texas. What's ET? Um, educational technologist or okay. computer technologist. Okay. Um, and another one that's a former Major League Baseball player and owns a, his own baseball academy. Yeah, so. That's of the two that are closest oh, to oh, you? Yes. Oh, my three that's the closest to me. Okay. Um, my youngest brother was a professional baseball player. Um, now he owns his own baseball clinic and he's basically turning my my nephews into robot baseball players. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. So your parents must be really proud of you and your brothers. Uh, yes, they're proud of all of us. Yeah, they're, they're extremely proud. Yeah. Mom and dad still together? Uh, my parents my um, parents divorced when I was t nine. 
Um, and my parents remarried when I was probably around 15. Um, I mean, not to each other? Not to each other, but to different okay. uh, spouses. So who were you raised by, your mother, your father? My mother and my stepfather. Okay. Um, yeah. Is he still, are they still alive? Uh, my mother and stepfather, yes. They, they pretty much email every day. Is that right? Yes. Really, are you really close with him? Uh, yes. And um, actually, he, it's been around probably since I was 11. Um, and we, my stepbrothers, actually, I've known them since elementary school. So I knew them before um, they got, my parents met. And, um, my stepfather has um, interest in sports. So we, we bonded on sports really well, boxing especially, um, before they really got serious. Um, and he's really big into football, so we, we, we bonded there. Uh, he's really eccentric, so it took a, <laughs> took a while um, growing up. But um, his personality is really old school, and I like old school. Um, so we, we, we bonded there really, really well. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Um, and when you say old school, in what respect? Um, what do you think? He's, um, his word is, if it's yes, it's yes. It's no, it's no. It's no gray. Oh, so area. he just wanted to discuss it. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, but not in a bad way. Um, is that um, a lot, often, um, and I'll give an example, like if I was at school and I had a difficult time with something that I needed an adult, um, where my voice wasn't strong enough um, with something, um, when um, I would call my mom, my mom would want to come and discuss it and find out, you know, um, how to, the best way to get, you know, the most efficient way for her to, to deal with it. My stepdad came in and was like, this is how it's going to be. And that's the end of how, and that's the end of it. Um, we need A to B, not A to B to C to D. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that worked a lot of times. My school mm -hmm. needed to get the best possible solution, not a couple, and both situations work. And I have two kids that are like that. I, I always talk about my, how my kids cut to the same solution. One goes A to B and one goes like this, right. um, but they both get to the same solution. Um, but I always admired how my stepdad was able to just get right in, take charge and get the result okay. that we needed and we, we didn't have the extra time. Are they still together now? Yes, they, they, they work <laughs> really great. Uh, he's, like I said, he's, um, I, was talking to my mom the other day. I, I really love the hair, that he's seventy-eight and can still grow a head full of hair and a long beard. And well, he has a fro. Yeah, he has long. It, well, she was complaining that it was starting to dread that he well, had so much. He's hair. Frederick Douglass. Yeah, he, he, that's, he was Frederick Douglass with a beard. And the other day, he sent me a picture where he had cut it off to what was short like yours, okay. and I was so disappointed. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, you know, I can't. Why? That was I was. Why'd upset. you do that? And, and she said it started dreading, and I was like. He's 78, let him live as, you know. And she was like, no, he, you know, he wanted to cut it because the grandkids. And I was okay. like, I don't care about the grandkids. I, you know, I like the hair like this. I mean, if I'm, if I'm 78, it's going to dread up and I'm happy. Um, but, yeah. So he had two kids by your mother? Oh, he had two kids prior to meeting Oh, my prior mother. to mother. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so they didn't have any kids together? No, no. Okay. Um, so he's from Mississippi, so he's really... Um, where if it's freezing outside, his way of dealing with things is by wearing less clothes because the the more clothes you wear, it makes you weaker. Or or so he'll he'll be out in a, just a shirt because it's snowing. And if you wear a lot of clothes, it's gonna damage his immunity. Okay. 
Yeah, so. All right. Now tell me, Tony, what were you like as a little kid? Were you more academic in school? Start with uh, elementary, or were you more physical? Well, I was, um, my parents had a lot of problems at home. Um, so I was, um, so I guess it's layered. I was considered the extremely gifted, intelligent kid that was really bad. So I was, uh, as a kid, I was never told I was, I was always told I was intelligent. By who? Everyone. Um, if my parents, if my parents would discipline me, they're like, gosh, you're so intelligent. Why do you do this? Or if I was at school and I got in trouble, it was like, why did you do that? You're so smart. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Now, this is something that you remember. That's you've yeah, internalized this. Yeah, yes, yes. And even in Ovian, uh, my parents had me IQ tested for a private school when I was like okay. four or five. There was never a time that my self-esteem was, was, I was always felt to be, you're extremely smart. Right, so did, so did you belong to Mensa? No, 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 no. It wasn't no. like that. No. But when they tested you so for your IQ, how old, what grade, what grade was this? Uh, probably kindergarten first. Kindergarten? Yeah. So from the from the very beginning, they started telling you this? Yes, they were they extremely, my parents were young, okay. um, maybe 19, 20. Mm -hmm. um, but when they had me, they were like, okay, you're extremely smart. Don't you forget this. Um, so they would have me tested and they would have me set up for private school. Uh, we lived in a really low income community. Uh, my dad was a butcher, my mom worked at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. um, now this, but, is your, this is your biological yes, father? Yes, yes. Um, and they never forget that they would have me set to go to private schools. They, would, they couldn't afford it, but they would have me set up in the private schools, like please come, can't afford it. So um, that was one, one, um, one side, but I, I had to go to inner city schools because they just couldn't. Right, they couldn't um, afford to put you right, in the private right. school. Um, so how did you do in the inner city schools? I mean, were oh, you... I was there was home. Um, I, I knew all those kids because we we lived in the same neighborhood. Right. Um, so that was that was fine. Um, you parents, weren't bullied or anything. Uh, no, no, I can't recall being bullied. I was just, I was always a small kid, okay. and I had, um, I don't have. My brother was here a couple of weeks ago. Um, my family has a, you lived in Puerto Rico. Right. Um, and you know in Puerto Rico you can have in one family one kid that looks black, or one kid that looks European, or one kid that looks Cuban, or That's one right. kid that looks Brazilian. Okay. Uh, my family's like that. Okay, so so where are you on that spectrum? I'm, I look black. My brother, You're the darkest one. Right. And my brother. What about your father? My brother, my father looks probably maybe your complexion. Okay. But and my, then your mother? My mother looks probably maybe your complexion. But my brother that's under me, my that's three that's three years younger than me, my next brother, um, is light skinned and blonde hair. Okie dokie. So, so I think it's yeah. <laughs> but that happens, I know right, right. I have but, I have cousins like that too. Yeah, so my yeah. Um, but my dad's family, a range of um complexions and everything else. Um Daryl who can't see in there, he saw a picture of my uh, grandmother and he was shocked when he came to my house. Because he thought like, she was white. Yeah, so, and, yeah. um, so, and even one street old, my grandmother's mother, grandmother's sister lived, and or two of her sisters lived, and everyone thought she was white. So you, so you really relate to Dave Chappelle, because he tells the same. Dave Chappelle, the comedian, right, right, right. Yeah, because you see his mother. No, I haven't mother, seen you saw, You've seen her. She's very light. She's right, light. Right. She would call high yellow. Right. So yeah, so yeah. my family was like that. So a lot right. of times, when I was sent out, and this goes into maybe after my parents. When I was sent out in the neighborhoods, it wasn't to 
a lot. We played a lot, um, but it was to watch my brother because he got picked on a lot because he's so light. And he and we lived in an all black neighborhood in the in the, and he didn't in the fit. hood. And so a lot of times that's what they were like. Okay, you when you go out, you have to watch. So that's what it wasn't. We were bullied. He had to earn his a lot of times, and I had to make sure that if something happened, that. I, so, and you were right there. Yeah, so that's how our growing up. And even when my parents divorced, um, and we're talking about childhood, um, I got a job really early. Um, and it wasn't because, and we needed money, but it was because my thing growing up was whatever I did I, in my head that my brothers would do way better. So if I got a job at 10, uh, my brothers would get a job at 9, and they would be like killing it. If I was really smart, my brothers would be ten times smarter. If I was well, this um, because they're just comp competitive? No, I just thought that I would set the bar, and they would just exceed, exceed it. it. And even as adults, we 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 did this. We uh, that's, this was always my mindset. Um, what was theirs? What was their mindset? Their mindsets. Uh, to me, I didn't really think about their mindsets at all. Just I had to provide and protect. And I see. So, and um, as the oldest. Um, so we, we just lived like that. Um, mm. um, tell, no. tell me this, what was it, give me a time in your life that you feel, if you went back in time, name one time that you felt was really challenging and how you overcame that challenge. Uh, out of all my, my, my siblings are huge. Um, I think all of them are like six, maybe six foot to six four. All healthy. I am too, um, but I'm the only one that's five seven. Okay. Um, I'm the only one that was born. I was born with like a heart condition where I wasn't supposed to play any sports at all. Are you okay now? I've always been. I, to me, I've always felt. Uh, my okay, so mom. You, you don't have a stint or something like that. No, I. But I had to have surgery a few years ago. Okay. Um, ran Tokyo Marathon and was like, oh, I got something's not right. And yeah, running a marathon. No, uh, <laughs> I, I ran. I ran. I ran like four. But um, the. I wasn't supposed to play sports after middle school, after elementary school, but I kept playing. And um, one day in high school, uh, I woke up on a table and they were looking in my eyes. And I was like, you know what? You know what happened? I said, you passed out. And I said, passed out. I said, uh, we got an ambulance coming. I said, what? So they took me, and they said that the doctor said my heart had, you know, my heart had went out. I said, really? And so they took me to another place. If you're from Florida, if you ever get sent to Shan's Hospital, it means that you have a serious condition, you're, you're in trouble. They took me to Shan's, and they say, you know, your, your heart is, you have a condition, but you, you're fine. Um, at that point, it was the first time in life I had to think about, you know, why am I here? And, you know, what good am I? Were you 15, in, in, 16? How old were you? Probably 15, 10th 15, grade okay. high school. Yeah, so it was the first time I had to think about, you know, what purpose do I have? Um, but uh, we were talking on the side earlier how I came from a strong family of not necessarily parents, but grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents. My grandmother on this in this situation had me pretty much set with a foundation to where by the time they finished my testing, it wasn't about me anymore. It was about the people that were at the hospital that were in a worse condition than I was. I was. I didn't think about my condition anymore. There were a lot of people at the hospital 
I, I felt that I would be fine. Um, in a few years ago, when I had uh, had to have surgery, when I had ran a marathon, and um, when I finished, and the, the um, doctors here in Japan were like, "Your heart has expanded to the point where, if you don't have surgery, it's gonna stop." When I had surgery, my mom was like, "You were never sad. You were never down. You were never. You never felt bad. Why?" And I said, "If I die, I've had a full life." There's nothing that I feel bad about. If, if what you saying? She's saying since the time you had that first problem, fifteen. Oh no, she was asking like when we're at the when we're at Emory Hospital in Atlanta. Okay. I have no like um, they're getting they're preparing me for surgery. Um, this is at fifteen. No, this is two thousand. This is recent. Oh, recent. Okay, right? recent. So recently, I had to have surgery to get it fixed. Or it was, it and was, your mother was with you. Yeah, so she was with me. So after the surgery, we were back in Florida, and she sat me down at the table. She was like, why weren't you concerned that you were something with, you know, you're, you're dying? And I said, well, in my opinion, I'm not dying. I'm, um, I'm at peace. You know, I, and never once in my head that I thought I was dying. Um, I lived a full life if something happened. Um, but I've done everything I possibly could. I've, um, I, I just listed a 20 things that I did good in life or I had great experience in life. Why was I going to be sad at that moment? Why would I, what, what do I have to worry about, um, about the surgery? Now, this is after the surgery before? She's asking the question after the surgery. She's asking why, um, before why? the surgery, okay. she was expecting me to be afraid of the yeah, surgery. Yeah. Or, um, she's afraid of my heart. Um, She's afraid of my heart just stopping. Was she asking you these questions and stuff prior to the surgery? No, no, she wasn't. Cause I guess she was afraid to. Okay, so doing that, she's just saying you're going to be okay, baby. Yeah, Don't worry yeah. this that. And you're just thinking you have. It's been a good trip, man. I've, I've, it's been wonderful. I, if I don't I, make it through, I'm good. I, no, I haven't said anything. I'm just no. Having, I'm saying that's what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm just thinking this is a regular day. I'm. I haven't. I haven't shown any signs. To me, I'm messaging my kids. We're laughing. We're talking. We're going. You knew you were going to have the surgery, right? Yes. Okay. I, I said I had planned the surgery. In, in Japan, they, I found out that a Tokyo Marathon was in February. I asked could I have the surgery in, in August or July. And they were like, yeah, you can wait. So I waited months. So it wasn't like I ran and had it right away. Okay. And she was like, why? Aren't you concerned? And I was like, you know, the surgery will happen. Um, I would say if, I've done so much. Um, when we were kids, I don't know, I put a number on my life at 45. You thought you'd make it to 45? Mm -hmm. Because we were, especially, uh, so I, this time I was like 40, 46. Um, so you know, I had passed about a year. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, but I had lived so much in that 46 that I was fine. Um, not that I wanted to die. I understand, but you but, felt that you yeah. exceeded what you thought you'd right. do. So, but, but there was no sense of Urgencies, no sense of like this is it. This is like okay, we can go ahead and I mean, but it, we. So she was like, I, she didn't understand, and then I explained. She was like, okay, that makes sense. The adversity I had as a kid and adversity now, I think, all made all tied into making me stronger. For I'm a single parent. I moved to Japan with a three year old. That's a 25 year old in the Air Force. Um, Which is now a twenty-five year old. Right. Yeah. She. Yeah. She's. She's a twenty-five year old now. But when I came to Japan, I came with a three-year-old daughter. Okay. 
Um, you raised her here in Japan? Yeah. Well, she lived here until she was um, 13. Okay. And I knew she wanted to go to um, college in, the, uh, in America. And I, we, she went back to college. Um, did, you put her, did you put her in Japanese school? No, she always went um, to American school. Okay. And um, she needed to be, she needed to acclimate to life in America, so we okay. sent her back for high school. You said we sent her back. Oh, I sent her. I sent her back okay. to live with her mother. Okay. And so she can get acclimated um, to life in America um, for high school and college. So she graduated from college and then she joined the Air Force. So you still had a good relationship with her mother. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I do. I have her mother, and then I've been divorced, and I have great relationships with both. Um, I, yeah, we have great relationships, mm-hmm. um, and I, even with my kids that I divorced the first time, I raised both of those kids also. Um, the mother, um, I've been a single parent twice. How many kids? Uh, four. Four kids. Mm-hmm. Three different women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three separate, I mean, three, three, not, I shouldn't say like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I know you have, what you mean. You have three, wi- three wives. Were you married to all Oh, no, I was not married. My first one was not married. Okay, you weren't married to her. Yeah. And that's the one that has the Air Force mm-hmm. daughter now. Yeah. Okay. And then you have? Two with my ex-wife. Ex-wife? Yeah. And those two I raised. Okay. And they're Japanese? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're double. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have one more. Mm-hmm. And you married her? Yes. Are you married now? Yes. Okay. And how old is that child? He's eight. Eight? Yeah. Okay. Didn't you show me a picture of him? No, no I mean, No, you showed me a picture yeah. of your son. Both of them, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, tell me about your career here. Wait. First, you stayed, you came to Japan with your daughter. That was your first time coming to Japan? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you, come, why did you decide to bring her here? Well, I got this job. I was in the middle of um, school, and I was just taking off a break, and it was only supposed to be a year. Um, I ended up staying way more than a year. Um, you brought her with you during your break? No, I, um, I brought her here because I was in my head, I was only thinking I was going to be here a year. That's what I'm saying, so, I mean, yeah, but you brought yeah, her then. Yeah, um, but um, at the time, I was, uh, her mother wasn't in a position to be raising a child. Okay. Um, so I, I, I brought her. Um, and she was, yeah, she was young, so she was fine. Okay. Yeah. She stayed here until she was 11. Oh yeah, yeah, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. So she, yeah, 13. so she, yeah, so she's, yeah. What school did she go to? Um, she went to base school and then university. Oh, she went to West Florida. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. So you want to make sure she stayed in Florida? Oh, she decided she got. She did. Kids. Yeah. Was she, was she going home visiting your family or something? Oh, we all go back every summer, but okay. um, but yeah, she she just decided once she decided she wanted to go to university in Florida. Okay. Now you finish elementary, junior high, high school. Did you know by high school what you wanted to do, or had you known? Uh, I knew that? by junior high school. Um, it was my dream to go to university, and my mom's um, youngest sister was kind of like my mentor. She majored in psychology, and and I would go to my grandmother's house and I would read her psychology books. Um, in gosh, seventh grade maybe. So I would I would study psychology and just read her books, whatever textbook she left at my my grandmother's house. I would read. So wait. So you knew in junior high what you wanted to be? Uh, yes, but I didn't tell my mother because my mother wanted me to major in business. So what did you want to be? A psychologist or a sports psychologist. Is that what you became? I wanted to, uh, my first degree in college was psychology. My second degree was art education. 
and my third degree is in art education. Okay. Yeah. So. So. So you knew you wanted to become a psychologist in junior high school. Mm -hmm. When did it veer off into art? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there's a funny story behind it. Um, yeah. Well, give me that funny story. I like oh, to hear. Well, it, women. Um, it's a mm -hmm. short one, but I had a girlfriend in college, and I was she was a merit scholar. She was like one of the smartest in the United States, and her dad uh, was a professor at the University of, uh, well, a university. And her mother was a um, professor, but her dad was a retired major in the um, army, army. And she was at my house, and I think she had the epiphany that she may marry someone that's a regular student, not a high-level achiever like she was. So she said, may I have your transcript, your college grades, a calculator, and a piece of paper? And I was like, sure. So I gave it to her. Went in my room and do what college students do, watch TV and eat. And she came back out like an hour later and she's like, this is what you need to graduate college with honors. Did I ever tell you the story? I don't think. So she's like, this is what you need to graduate with college with honors. She's the same age as you? Yeah, we were the same age. All right, all right. And she, she had planned it out. Like, she took from that night for her laying on my floor to sometime in the future, she plotted out every single thing I needed to do from that night to graduate from, with honors from university. And I was like, are you crazy? And she's like, you need to do this starting tonight to graduate. And this was maybe my second year in college. And she had planned it out the next two years. And I was like, why? And she's like, you just need to do this. And of course we broke up. So. Why, because you were too smart? No, no, I was not smart. And no, this is, we broke up just to break up, okay, but okay. she was a whole level smart right. than I was. I was just a regular student. She was smart. And uh, we met in Philadelphia um, at Conclave, uh, and we chatted it up. But, um, and I tell this story to my students all the time, too. So when she broke up, she left the paper there. So I had this paper, and I would take the class. She had these classes set out, and I was like, and I was like, wow, this is working. I take these classes, I get these grades, my grade point average would jump. And then in one section, she's like, take art classes. You are good in art. So I took art classes, sure enough. And then um, some of the classes, like, because it didn't fit, I would have to take it, because I took art growing up. My mom was an um, art major in college. Her classes, because the schedule didn't fit, I would have to take these high-level art classes. I couldn't take basic art classes because the schedule didn't fit. So I'll get there, and there'd be advanced-level students in it, and the professor was like, why are you here? And I was like, well, my, my girlfriend's schedule say I have to take this class right now. And they would let me in, and um, like say you have to walk to um, your car outside, and you know the most efficient way to walk to your car. I'm taking a schedule that says walk that way to get to that way because I don't know any technique or anything. So I was doing everything the longest way possible because I'm working off of just natural talent instead of learning some technique or common sense. Um, so I would do that, but I would, you know, I was turning around. Then one day a professor was like, have you ever looked at your schedule? And I'm like, oh, your, your transcript. And I'm like, no, he's like, I'm pretty sure at this point you've gotten enough for two degrees. And I was like, what? And he was like, Go check. And sure enough, I had enough for two college degrees. And 
I was like, gosh, I never, you know, I never looked at it. So I had, by that time, I had a degree in psychology and a degree in art education. And then when it was time to go to graduate school, I decided to combine them and get a degree in art education. Oh so goodness. I just combined my art and psychology together. That was interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, when I looked at my heart as being the strongest part of me um, and, and using it as inspiration, I never told myself that I couldn't play, a, I couldn't do things um, because of my heart. She wanted to make it like, oh, you're my smallest kid, you're my baby, you can't do this because you had a heart condition. Um, so a lot of times when I had to quit things, I had to fight to get back in because it was like, okay, you can't play because you have a heart condition. Because um, I, I was supposed to give it up and I just didn't. Um, I had to fight to get back into playing sports. I was able to play all four years of high school, um, even though I knew they wouldn't let, it, no college was gonna let me play uh, with the heart. I, I was like, at least let me play all through all four years of high school. So that was, I was able to do that. Tell me this, in your life up to this point now, what has been one of your biggest dreams that you wanted, uh, that you achieved? At 25, I'm pretty sure it is almost like someone gave me a post-it. Say, I want you to write down all, you, all the stuff you want to accomplish. And at 25, you pretty much know every answer in the world. Or you think you have it figured out. I wrote it down, and somebody threw it in the trash and said, I'm going to give you everything you want, but nowhere the way you want it to, to happen. Um, I wanted to be a professor. So I, I became a professor. I wanted um, one of my students, one of my cousins reminded me like when I was like 10 years old or 10th grade, I wrote down, I wanna move to China one day. And she showed me the paper, literally it says, one day I wanna move to China. Uh, I didn't move to China, um, I moved to Japan. Um, um, uh, art, I used to, I've always done art um, I've always appreciated art. Um, I didn't know my art would come to the level it is now. Um, so that's something that's is beyond what I would imagine it is. Um, being a parent was something that, um, I come from a huge family, not even big, just huge. Um, but I never knew I would enjoy being a parent uh, because of how my childhood was. Um, when I had my oldest daughter, I realized I wanted to be a parent, uh, and I enjoyed being a parent. Um, I think those are my biggest accomplishments. Um, the education thing um, piece, I wanted to be, I, I, I accomplished those also. Um, there's more, and the only reason I do those is because you just give my kids a character chase. Um, <laughs> yeah, chase. but there's some the, like I said, did I, I think I told, yeah, I told both of you what I thought about how people are taught to think about their children as being their future. And I right. said, no, that's your past. Right. Basically, and you're their possible future. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I had someone tell that to me when I was in the service, and I could not dispute it. I said, that's a fact. Right. I had never thought of it that way. Yeah, I don't want them to, um, once my daughter, and I, and I collected on it, she wanted to not compare, compete. She wrote a paper on something recently. Try to exceed the exp uh, exceed what I've done in a specific thing. Is this the one that's in the Air Force? No, this is the one I have. Um, 
that's in high school. How old is she? She's what? 16. 16. And I told is her. She, is know, she at a Japanese school or? Oh, uh, American school. Just American right school. Okay. But I told her, you know, what I've done shouldn't be something that um, she can't live her life trying to exceed things I've done. Like, right, because uh, she can't make. Right. Uh, no, not, make. no, well, not that, but it shouldn't be like, I mean, no, I never, like, um, I told her my, my mom was a famous artist and I was, uh, oh, she was. She was artist. or she is? She, she, she was in the fact that she's a writer now and she doesn't do art as much. But people will know her if right. you talked about her art. Well, it's kind of like, I use an analogy where um, her, her neighborhood would, um, but she, like, if we went somewhere else, they wouldn't. Okay, like, I see. Has, like she's like a neighborhood legend, like like a parent. They're talking about dad playing football or something. Um, when I was a kid, um, people were like, "Hey, your mom is this." And I look at my mom and draw something. I'm like, "Wow, you know, I could never do what you do on that." Um, I never thought, "Hey, one day I want to grow up and I want to be better than you at what you do." Um, and I, um, that's what I was telling my daughter. I was like, "You know, develop your own thing and." Kill that! Don't mm -hmm. try. Don't work. Kill you. Work to death to try to do what I do, and try to make it better. She has her own journey, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And she's gonna, regardless if she even tried to, she wouldn't be able to, because it's her own journey. Right, right. She's gonna put her flavor to it, right. her touch. What is the funniest, craziest thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, uh, well, I'll say in an art sense. If okay. you want to go in art. Often, if I have a client, um, they sometimes will expect, uh, or they'll, the, what they'll ask is something that I physically can't create. Um, they may say, I want you to draw a Tokyo Tower at night on planet Mars um, during a um, hailstorm. You know, the scale of one to 10, that's a thousand. Um, or if I, um, one of my mom's famous paintings, uh, one of my mom's favorite paintings that I did um, is a woman, she's got a kimono on and it's kind of like um, like a light bondage and it's like my house. And, um, and people see the painting and guys are like, man, it's cool. Some women are like, man, it's great. Some women are like, is that your wife? Is that your girlfriend? Did you, what, you know? And it's, it's funny the range of people, the questions they get on it. And like some people are like, did your, can your kids see it? And I was like, my kids see it as art. I think you've changed it to, to beyond the context that it is. I, how people bring in their beliefs into something as simple as you know, canvas and paint put together to create something. And I was like, you'll be surprised that I've like of 40, 50 years of painting, this is my mom's favorite painting. And they're like, really, what? And I was like, yeah, she see it as light, Darks, texture, color, movement. She sees it specifically as art. Wow, you know, I never really thought about that. She she sees it as what it is. You know, I'm like, really? I said, like, my kids, they look at it and they've seen worse in museums. Um, I was like, they don't see it as what other people see. It's so, interesting. Yeah. It's the, the eye of the beholder. Right, right, right. right. But yeah, it it's gets arranged. So, you're you said, what your job is here? You said you're a professor. Yes. And you teach junior high. Yes. Now, what do you teach in junior high? Junior high, I also teach art. Most jobs I teach art. Um, okay. As a professor, you teach art. Yes, I teach um, usually drawing, painting, and art appreciation. So you do it 
all here in Japan? Yes. How long have you lived in Japan now? Ooh, 22 years. 22. Do you yeah. plan on ever leaving? I, if you'd asked me that last year, yes. Um, now, the closer I get to retirement, the more I keep weighing options. But do you have to retire? I thought if you're a teacher, there's no retirement. Well, it's, uh, you think so. <laughs> yeah, maybe like uh, the mob of prison break. Um, right. But um, I can retire, but when I retire, depending on how I retire, I have to figure out how, how I'll stay. Um, well, so you're thinking, are you thinking this anytime soon? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm in one of those catch-22s where um, I'm, I have I, the years of retirement, but not the age of retirement. So, yeah. But it has to be the age, actually, right? To get any kind of... Benefits, benefits or, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, is that 65? Yeah. So, or, okay. yeah. And I'm nowhere scratching that. So, so you want to be here for, you You plan on being here until then, you think? Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, well, my kids, I keep saying that, you know, my, my middle two, when um, I'll base it on where they're at and my grandkids, if they have grandkids. But if I base it off, like, how my oldest daughter is, I don't think my oldest daughter is going to have kids. She's perfectly fine being single. Um, yeah, so it depends. Um, okay. But I, I enjoy living here. I enjoy um, everything about Japan. So if I'm here, I'll be happy. If you weren't here, would you see yourself? Where would you go? Do you think? It would be back to Florida. Um, the only things that when I left Florida, I had one nephew. Now I have like six. And they're all. I can't. I'm not going back to Florida to babies. I'm going back to grown men. Grown men. Um, and when I, if I when I do retire, those grown men will be already out of college. So it's not like I'm going back to spend time with my nephews. I'm going back to spend time with my nephews' kids. Right. So. Yeah. And you told me earlier that you're the only one out of all your siblings that has girls. Everyone else has boys. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. So you guys are really male dominated. Yeah. 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 And. Of your four children, two are girls or three are girls? Oh, uh, two. Two girls, two, two boys. Girl, two yeah. girls, two yeah. boys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how that happened either. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> I'm going to put up some of the pictures you have yeah. from your drawings and what you've done. Oh. You do that on commission, right? Yeah, well, I do both. Um, I used to just only do just paintings and murals. Um, What's the biggest mural you've done? Lately, the biggest one uh, this year has been, uh, we go by meters. Uh, 2.5 meters by 6 meters. Was that, okay, 2.5, was that in height? Uh, 2.5 height, yes. Height, okay, and, and then width, 6 meters long. Yes. Well, that's big. Yeah. It's on the side of what wall or inside of what wall? It's inside of a Korean restaurant. Okay. And that was one of them where um, a lot of times a client doesn't, uh, well, if it's a client that really doesn't understand art, well, um, when you talk about funny stories, they want it. Uh, the Korean skyline at night from like an aerial view like you're in a helicopter. Okay. And I'm like, ooh, that's, I, I don't know, I don't think that's mm. possible. Right. Um, in paint. Okay. But, um, that's so, interesting. Yeah. That's what they wanted. Yeah. So. But they were satisfied with, with No, they, they were more than happy. What they did was they actually um, went and did some research on what I did and they found a, a painting that I did. And they're like, can we have that painting? And I was like, no, coincidentally, that painting's ink in Seoul now. Um, but I can't do a painting that I 
that someone I commissioned for some for someone. No, someone commissioned right, that like, one that they right, liked. and then do it as a mural in your restaurant, so they understood. So they okay. So you made a whole unique one. Yeah. To them. How long does it, how long did it take you to do that one? Two meters by six. I, they gave me basically two weeks to do it, and then I can only work on weekends. So I basically did it in four days, working eight-hour shifts. Okay, what type of material did you use? Acrylic paint. Acrylic paint. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of it. Nothing outside mm -hmm. of that. No, it was acrylic paint. Um, it was already flat latex paint okay. on the wall, so I didn't have to worry about that. The base was white. Oh no, it was like a cream color, which cream color color. I could use that for sand. Right. So, yes, that, yeah, that, that, was, that was good. Had you put the paste or you said that was already there? No, it was already, the, the latex was already there. So all oh, I had to yeah. do was just draw it out and, and go. And like I said, they, um, a lot of my paintings, the subject matter is um, nature. Uh, and so that making it a beach scene was in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done people? Um, yes, I do people. Um, and it, I do them often. It just depends on what the person wants it. Um, if you just ask me to do something, a lot of times I tie my own subject matter in the um, beauty and strength of nature. But if someone asks me to do uh, something of people, mm -hmm. I can. I mean, have you ever done portraits like of a family? Yes, I have. Um, I'm trying to think the last one I did was a couple of years ago. And that was, again, someone in Korea, out of co uh, coincidentally. Um, it was a family, it was a family portrait, not even a recent family portrait, it was maybe one of someone maybe oh, so you did it from a picture ago. yeah they had a picture okay now sitting I've never done just because that takes hours um, now um, I've done when I do figure drawing I have people sit but usually it's like like, like we're sitting now but a portrait where they're sitting usually takes a series of days mm -hmm. and hours if they can sit that long that's fine. Mm -hmm. two things I know I start doing before one and is walking and drawing uh, just holding and just laying up and sitting on the table. So they were happy with you, or they weren't because you were doing it on the walls, I bet you. Well, that's, and that's another thing I tell my college students. Um, coming from an art, a, a mom that did art, drawing on the walls, the tables, the, everything else, that was in the floor, it was fine. Um, and I tell my students, my mom's biggest pet peeve was drawing on school paper. School paper, you had to go out and buy more. That wall That's you can clean, the floor you can clean. Paper you had to go out and buy more paper for school. School paper was for school. So you get an enjoyment out of doing what you learned to do. Yeah, <laughs> you can do more. So, so yeah, so yeah, uh, I tell my students like when they try to turn something in uh, on school paper, I'm like, oh, I can't take it. And I was like, oh, this is a pet peeve that's been passed down for decades. Yeah, it's an emotional and thing. I, and, right, and yeah. I tell them. And I, and it's like, I used really? to get scolded right. for doing this. Yeah, and, I, and I tell them the story. I was like, look, and it's, it's nothing personal. It's just, I can't take it. Yeah. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, I could draw on the walls. I could draw. And um, and I always keep my military, uh, my um, female military students, I'm like, does anyone in class have a knife? And probably seven out of ten of my female military students were like, and I'm like, I need to sharpen a pencil. And i like, in my family, if uh, we needed a pencil, to sharpen a pencil, uh, we didn't have a pencil sharpener, we sharpened it with a knife. And they were like, really, why? And I was like, because the vibration of a pencil, a sharpener, would break the lead. And for artists, you needed the lead. And I was like, at home, if people come to my house, they're like, your mom lets you use like a full-on steak knife to, to whittle a pencil? Yeah. I was like, you look, all our pencils look, like this, even school pencils. 
You know, like now, like and you know, like in the class, they're like, "Why you know that female military?" I'm like, "They always carry sharp stuff, so yeah. I can go around." The guys have nothing, no keys, right? Like, right, you know, right, right, in, right. In, a, in a debit card, that's it. The women be like, "Oh, I got a full-on switchblade." <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, so yeah, so yeah. Tony, if you could go back in time and you could see a younger Tony to give him advice based upon what you know now, how old would that Tony be? How old would you be? And what advice would you give him? Oh, you know, I thought about this recently. He'd be 18, uh, freshman in college. He'd be told to invest, to learn how to invest. Um, and the reason why um, I know specifically this, because I had this conversation recently. Uh, when I went to college, I had close friends and my best friend um, in college. Um, the close friends were in military reserves. My cousin was in the military reserves. My best friend went to the military. Uh, two best friends went to the military and um, then went to the, the high school, the university. And they all went to the military and then came back out. Um, but I went straight in because college was my dream. I had to go. I remember laying in bed maybe two or three weeks before college started and my brother was like hey there's a military a woman in a military uniform here why i don't know see her i need to in the bed like, and i'm thinking he's kidding eventually she opens the door she's like hey you know your best friends want you to come join the buddy system with you in the military i started college in three weeks and she's trying to give me her spill military i go to college in three weeks you will, it's not gonna happen 18 year old Tony, if I can go back, I'd say, listen, because all my friends that did, I had my my first day of college, when we started, I had been delivering pizzas to my university for probably two months. I knew my whole university like back of my hand because I had been delivering pizzas. I had to work. I paid pretty much 100% of my tuition from my first day of college to the end. My friends that were in reserves would come. It was like college classes or about tuition assistance. So they didn't have the struggles. They were like, you know, I mean, they they had struggles, but it was that. My best friends went to the army, and then they came back. And they were in college. They were, I mean, a whole different set of where I would work and do stuff. They didn't have. Like, you know, I would. So I would say, you know, do that. Or learn how to at 18. Uh, another financial story, and I've been on the whole thing. Um, I moved here in 2000. At the beginning of, I moved here August 2000. January of 2000. Maybe I told you the story. January 2000. My job said, hey, we're starting our, our Roth IRA. So they put me, they say, hey, we're going to automatically put you in this IRA program. One of my fraternity brothers, like, hey, you know, I work for the same IRA thing, come see me. So I talked to him, completely forgot about it. Two years ago, 2019, I get a letter saying, we have not been able to find you. The state of Florida has not been able to find you. Uh, if we not hear from you, um, this money goes back to the state of Florida. I call and say, you know, I have no idea what this letter is about, what money? He said, well, you had a job in Florida in, 2000, in, in 1999. We will, uh, and we've been trying to find you. We can't find you. We're going to give this money back. I was like, what is it for? He's like, you had a job in Florida, and it's part of RA. Like, Gosh, I forgot. I had, I had this money. Like, how much is it? He says, oh, $800. I said, oh, okay. So, 
So what you want to do with it? So well, you can cash it, I guess. So I, I did. They said, well, you have another one. And I said, it's two. I said, yes, you get another one with an Alvin Barrington. And I was like, well, and I was like, you know, I said, when it? It's like, you did them almost at the same time. They're like days apart. And I was like, well, how much is that one? It's like, that one has $16,000 in it. And I was like, well, what? And it was like, well, Alvin Barrington, who my fraternity brother, when I went to see him, he created one, but I guess he used different companies. And he had been... And, and I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, so I saw him like a few months later. And I'm like, I you think of something. I owe you something. But it's amazing that, yeah, 18-year-old, I was like, I didn't have fun in college. Uh, I, I enjoyed college experience, but I went to college as a business. Um, it, I, it was my dream, but I wasn't there to party. I, was, I wasn't there to do a lot of stuff. I was there to get it over with. But if I had to do it over again, I was like, oh, I didn't get that. Learn, learn how to do some of the stuff that your, your friends did. They didn't, go to, they didn't go to the military because they wanted to not necessarily protect and defend. They went because they knew that if they did this, they didn't struggle with this later on. And they knew this. Like one of my, my best friends, when he got out of um, Marine Corps, the first thing he did was he bought a townhouse in my neighborhood. I was like, you're 20 years old. Why are you buying a townhouse? And he was like, well, you know, I buy a townhouse. I can rent it out. And I can make money off renting it. And I was like, what? And I was like, what? I the didn't understand. You, yeah, man. I was like, wow. Why would you do that? And he was 20 years old. And he was a homeowner that was renting his house to people. And I was like, I don't understand. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. A lot of people aren't giving that kind of yeah. information. That's true. Yeah. Listen, Tony, I want to thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you. For taking the time. Oh, it's fantastic. You. Oh, thank you. I want to thank all of you for watching this. We actually have a podcast, but for those of you that are viewing, make sure you continue to do so and press like and subscribe. And remember, it's all online, so continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed.